All right, thank you, Terry and choir and soloist, our wonderful orchestra, the rehearsal time and our praise band. What a blessing. Give God a hand of praise. Those people God uses, it's wonderful to see that. Give that time. It just doesn't happen. They're here during the week and rehearsing during the week. It's a wonderful thing. Thank you. If you're joining us with our simulcast, we are blessed that you are. Welcome right here. If you're out of town, it's 84 degrees. The sun is shining. Well, it is in somebody's house. Not here, though, outside. But it's a great day. It's a wonderful day. Glad to have you here. Some of our wonderful teachers downstairs as I go by those classes uh, each Sunday do like lots of things to teach our children. And they were making some of these flatbreads today. There was a grill going in there. My mind just went to pancakes, syrup, strawberries, pecans on there, coffee, right? A couple of links to go with. Look at that. Look at, isn't that great? They're learning. When teachers do this kind of thing and bring it to help them learn great things, it's a wonderful thing. God bless you. All of you preschool and children's teachers, all those classes do such a wonderful job. Thank you. Thank you so much. And there's two of them in there, so at the next class, I'll bring up some scrambled eggs, cheese, a little bit of bacon. I'd be doing all right. Thank you. All right. And that's how the fight started. It would. Thank you. <laughs> it seemed that Bubba was having a rough day in Bubbaville. Work. Some, some of you have those days at work that are just so hard, you just can't wait to get out. And when you get home... You don't want to hear of any trouble. And Bubba had such a day. He's ready to pull his hair out. Last thing he wanted to hear when he came through the door was from Mrs. Bubba. Bubba, I've got some really bad news for you. And he said, hold it. I don't want to hear nothing that bad. He just went on and on. But honey, I don't want to hear So five minutes. But honey, but honey, nope, nope, nope. Finally, Mrs. Bubba, in her wisdom... And all right, Bubba, I'll give you the good news then. Two out of your three children didn't break their arm today. And that's how the fight started, right? Well, we're not going to break any arms or twist any arms today. But there is good news today about a message that has to do with the story of Joseph. There is the good news. There is some bad news in it also. If you're not doing it the way God's called you to do it. I want you to sit as we go through this rather quickly. There's a whole lot of territory to cover today. Not because we're covering a lot of verses. We're not. But there's a whole lot there. And if you listen carefully, God may open up and speak to you in your heart about something that may just change your life today. Today's message has to do with don't deny yourself. Don't deny yourself. Because all you need... It's just one more thing to be happy. Bring up our verse, if you would. Chapter 39 of Genesis and verse 7. And we're just covering, I say, a few verses today. After a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. She believed in the subtle approach. <laughs> right. And... I'm glad to speak on this and preach on this today because it's important in our world where we're, our young people are growing up in a very different world that some of us grew up in. Not that those things have not, 
they've been out there since whenever. The temptation to physical sin and to uh, be involved with extramarital relationships that the Bible calls adultery has been out there, or if you're not married, in fornication. It's a sin of the body. And whether you're here 90 years old or no matter what your age is, listen carefully. God created your body, and he has the right to tell you what to do with it and what will truly make you happy. And here we have a passage where it says his master's wife took notice. Her sin began in her eyes. Be careful. On that thing you have in your purse or your wallet or your pocket today, that smartphone or your laptop, your eyes can go where they don't need to go. And a sin of the eyes infects the heart. And when your heart starts to get infected, you take the next step and the next step and the next step. Everybody can be a step away from taking notice of the wrong thing. Now, here's the deal. Remember here say, Pastor, you know, I'm a pretty strong person. I don't need that. Uh, I'm pretty strong. I've survived all these other things. Listen carefully. I want you to look here. Satan wasn't able to overcome Joseph with all the other issues that he faced. He had his family betray him. He lost his home. He lost familiar surroundings. He lost his friends. He's betrayed by his family. He's taken on a caravan hundreds and hundreds of miles away from home. He's sold as a slave. And Joseph still goes into that house and does such a good job that his boss says, you know what? I don't need to worry about anything. He didn't bring a bad attitude with him. He brought the God attitude with him, the right attitude. But the word will go out into your heart. Don't deny yourself. Because look what happened to you. And you deserve it. And here's one more thing for you. You just have this, you'll be happy. Besides, look at how much bad he had to put up with. The word of God will tell us that there's a rationalization to take us in one way or another. The devil himself and your own flesh wants to take you away from a godly decision. Believe it. Young people, listen to what I'm telling you right now. Before you are married, keep your eyes where they need to be. Keep your dating relationships where they need to be. Because I will tell you something. Joseph gets assaulted with another kind of sin. And in essence, it says, don't deny yourself. See, his brothers had their spouses. All the people in Egypt had their spouses. They had what they wanted. Joseph was mistreated. He goes there as a 17-year-old. We don't know how old he is here by this time, but he's a young man. Don't deny yourself. Everyone else has it and does it. And that's what I have for you. More people, more families, more children, more men, more women have been hurt because they didn't want to deny themselves. They fell into that trap. And it's important to remember something. That your spouse, if you're married, is to be the covering of your eyes. If God has called someone to be by your side, he or she needs to be covering of your eyes to take that junk out of your life and identify it for what it is. It's sin and it's wrong. Guard your eyes. Because it'll go very quickly from your eyes into your heart and infect your heart. And the temptation is, 
since I can hear it said now, well, either for you to say, I'm single and I, da, 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 whatever you're, it didn't make any difference. I'm not here to tell you what makes me comfortable or what I believe as far as subjectively. I'm telling you what God that created your body says. He says, don't go there. Don't do it. And if you're married, don't go there. Protect yourself with the covering of God's word, the covering of your spouse, and what you see is what you need to see from them, not in some other place. People have looked in the wrong places a long, long time. I'm going to bring out some things. I bet you can identify what it's about when I bring it out. Our ushers are manned with these things. If you don't put something up. <laughs> when I show you this, say, well, I'm not sure yet, Pastor. What do you mean I'll identify with this? Let me bring out something else that may be helpful, a little more helpful. I don't know. These are pretty old. You know what these are? They're, they're ice skates from the 1800s. I used them. No, I didn't. <laughs> Almost. They're pretty cool, aren't they? It's where you see those old courier knives paintings, and they have the thing coming up over their toes. They're just kind of skating along, rocking away, and having a great time. But if I brought out some newer ice skates and brought out a baton and made a pass like this to my knees, what story would you connect that to? Hmm? Do you know? Hmm? Who said Bubba? Not Bubba, no. Remember, what's her... What was that woman's name? Tanya Harding. And who's the woman that got hit? Nancy. It's a mess. You see, you remember that. Now, what's interesting is this. It's sad that that takes precedence over the real story I'm about to tell you. As we're talking today about don't deny yourself, the bottom line is, there's a wonderful woman, you're probably not even familiar with her name is Brenda Kerrigan. It's actually Nancy's mother. When, she, when Nancy was one, one year old, her mother got this kind of a rare virus in her eyes. Wasn't even painful. She's young. And it progressed and progressed to the point to where she was totally blind in one eye and legally blind in the other eye. But they had seen at a very young age that Nancy had this natural talent. Her father was a welder, wasn't a wealthy family by any means. And to get her into some of these ice rinks, they'd have to sacrifice some. But the father thought, well, he made a deal with the ice rink in their town. He would go there and drive the Zamboni and make the ice for them where they let his daughter skate there for free. So every day her mother and her father got up and left for that rink at 4.30 in the morning. She, mom would make breakfast, dad would go there, and he would do that. And after he finished that and she practiced some, he'd be off to work a full day as a welder. Well, not only that, I've watched those Olympics before and the national championships and many times they'll pan to the parents. You know, that their child's out there. They've invested so much. And by the way, there were times later in her training as she got older that they were having to spend more on sending her to those different places to help her to progress to another level than he was making in a year. But they denied themselves. 
Have you ever seen when they're panning to the parents how proud they look and that look on their face? They're just kind of looking at them and don't want them to fall. You probably wouldn't remember and you probably wouldn't even notice. But they never went to her parents. And she got the silver medal that year. The very year she got hit, she got the silver that year. She'd won the bronze before that. She won the national championship here. She's in the ice, the figure skating hall of fame. But of all those things, they didn't show them. Why? Why didn't they show her? Her mother? Her father? Because underneath the stands, because of her mother not being able to see, her mother's face would be pressed to the television to make out that figure that's skating on there. And her father, listen, man, went with his wife to be with her because you leave and you cleave. You see, your children eventually live and you leave. And he went with her under the stands rather than be out there with all of that to get all the pats on the back. All the, he went with her and watched that. I thought, you know what? I hate, that's why I want you to know that story. It's a beautiful story, isn't it? What a beautiful thing. Well, I want you to remember that part. I want you to remember the denial part. The denial part. You see, it's in that denial that you can go places you never thought you could go, that God will take you to places you won't even believe, but you've got to get to that point where you have that in your life. Bring up that next slide. You see... It's not like I'm telling you some anomaly in society where people make wrong sins regarding their marriage or their sexual lives. They make some wrong, wrong steps. It says, of, in fact, you wouldn't even have known of this woman except for a sin. That's not why, how you want to be known. It says in, in the book of Samuel, chapter 11, verse 1, in the spring... At the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, and David remained in Jerusalem. What's that about? It's being in the wrong place when God has called you to another place. David had fought his battles and maybe thought in his own, I'm not going to deny myself, I'm not going out another time. But you see, it's the spring. And if you remember, in the spring, we start getting ready for summer. The weather gets colder or warmer. Warmer, usually, right? So we don't know what happened. As people talk, or some servant came up to David and said, David, I noticed in the spring last year, a young lady that was bathing on that roof. And she was an eyeful. And I'm just, I'm just saying... That's innocent enough, isn't it? We don't know if that happened. I'm not saying the Word of God teaches that. I'm saying, how did he know and why did he stay? It's another whole message, another whole series of messages. But there he is. He's right there. And he sees something he didn't want to be denied from that one more thing. He had all the other things. But maybe if I have one more thing, I'll be happy. Read in the book of Psalms. When you relate to some of the things happening in the book of Psalms, you will relate to some of the depression that David had because of what he did. Read it and look at it. It's hard to, it's actually hard to read when you know what happened. 
How this man that on one day, and you may be sitting here and think, yeah, I've had too many victories in my life, Pastor, not going there. Did you fight a giant when no one else would? Hmm? You ever notice how powerful God is? We can start to think that it's us, but I want to say something to you. It's God working through us. You see, God took a stupid stick called the staff and used that to help part seas. God took a sling. They're stupid. He took a sling and defeats a giant, doesn't he? And restores Israel. He took a broken jar with Gideon and used that, a broken jug. There's things we said, there's no way this can work. Because we think in a human sense, and we think, God, if I just have this or one more thing, or let's do it this way, God says, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to show you. I know you said, God, I'm going to show you. No, God says, I'm going to show you. David makes a mistake. Bring up the next one. Not just there. It's in our, it's in our blood. Genesis 3, 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, think about it. When you see commercials, or perhaps if you were here and we had our hot dog fundraiser, any of you here for that? They were good, weren't they? Did you notice they brought one in and said, taste this? Someone had to do it. <laughs> and so I taste it. And on commercials, when they're having pizza, they show them bite in and the cheese is dripping off. And you want to just say, smash one of those. I want to eat one of those. Or those burgers. Sometimes my wife will say, oh, that looks disgusting to me. I said, that looks good to me. <laughs> I, I could eat the worst thing. But they show you eating that. How did she know that was good for food? Because sometimes the devil takes just a little bit further. I believe there's a strong possibility that he bites it. This is the best out of all the fruit in this garden. You can't believe how good this one is. But you can have it. Well, it's really good. She saw that the fruit was good for food. How did she know it was good for food? She didn't taste it. She probably took someone else's word for it, just like you might do. Because I see all the Hollywood people saying, yeah, this is my best relationship now. I finally got it right at number 27. (laughs) And I'll be faithful this time. Until next week. It's always one more thing. And by the way, our society says, don't deny yourself. Don't live like that, like these... Bible people with Bible standards in your life. You want to be happy, don't you? Let me tell you something. The devil will promise you happiness and rob it from you. Quickly as you want to give, whatever you give your power to becomes your God. And when you begin to do it like that way, you saw with pleading for food, pleasing to the eye, desirable for gaining wisdom. Before I took the bite of this apple, I wasn't as smart as I am now. But now I'm really wise. And you will be wise too. You see, break the rules of godly dating. Break the rules of godly marriage and you too will be wise. Because you see, you're missing out on something. And all you need to be happy, really, is just one more thing. That's all. Don't deny yourself. It is a lie from the pit of hell. And the devil himself knows, as obvious as some of the stuff is, 
that all it takes some time is picking up that phone or whatever device you're using looking at it, shows a little skin on there. You should run from it. You should go to the next thing or get off any sites or have some of the filters on there that won't show those. Period. Oh, I won't be tempted to do anything beyond that. Let me just tell you something. The Word of God says when you start to conceive the sin, it becomes a sin. And you entertain it. And I've sat before more people that got reacquainted on fake friends book, whatever you want to call it. How many friends do you have? I've got this many. How many can you call up that will fix your tire 2 o'clock in the morning when you're stuck on I-85 out of your 4,000 friends? Now, hear me say, I'm not trying to talk up here like some old man doesn't know how to use a device, because basically I don't. (laughs) I call, I text, email, I can do the basics. It's lame. I'm not trying to press you young people with I'm really techno-savvy. I'm not. I do have a son that helped build a supercomputer in Los Alamos. He's pretty tech-savvy, the national lab out there. But I'm not. I'm not pretending that. think I'm cool. I'm not cool. I'm just a believer that's telling you if you want to be right with God rather than cool, the Bible tells you, tells me, you better deny yourself. Because it's not that one more thing that's going to make you happy in your marriage, adult, or young person in your life. And so we see the whole cycle of it. We see. Watch what you watch. Guard your eyes and take that captive. If these people had taken it captive at the moment. So wait a minute. You're going against God. I'm not going to do it. When the woman saw what a joke that is. She saw, you see, it starts with the eyes. The fruit of the tree was good for food. How did the woman know? We talked about it. There's probably something that happened that let her see that. And pleasing to the eye. Oh, we're so fooled. He's taller, wider, thinner, stronger. She's this, that, 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 that. And if I only had, I got buyer's remorse. I got this anchor of a man tied around me, anchor of a woman tied, Whatever. We'll be happy with someone else. They'll look past all my idiosyncratic garbage and I'll really be happy. They'll love me for who I am. Tell you, only God can love all people all the time. Amen? We all have those moments. Some of us worse and better. Nothing doesn't make any difference. Woman saw the fraud, that it was good food, plea night, desirable for gaining wisdom. Now, who doesn't want wisdom? See? That's where the devil's going to get you. So you get to know that person before you're married by sleeping with them or cohabitating with them. Can I tell you something about how blind that makes you? You will not be able to concentrate on the spiritual and the emotional because you concentrate on the physical and you will sell your soul down the river because when you're looking for someone to love you, when you're vomiting in the middle of the night, when you feel depressed or there's a death in your family, or you're hurt, or it's just a day where you have a bad hair day. Man or woman, you will not have someone there emotionally for you. You'll not have someone there spiritually for you. They'll go to the quick fix. You're depressed? Well, let's go upstairs. You lost your job? Well, let's go upstairs. It doesn't fix anything. What fixes having a soulmate, someone that's there in the thick and thin? And you can't develop that once you get tricked into what this particular woman, Potiphar's wife, is trying to trick Joseph into getting involved in. 
And after all, if you think you're smarter than the devil, give it up. He tried all the other stuff and none of it worked. But that sin is one that is common throughout humanity and still works today. Has wrecked more family than you can ever imagine. It says in Genesis 30, 39, 8, but he refused. Thank you. That's just saying what the book of Colossians tells us. Take the thought captive and refuse it right there and move on. Don't give free rent in your brain to things that will wreck your life. Don't exchange eternal blessing for temporal hell on this earth because that's what you're messing with when you mess with sin. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master doesn't concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. Joseph had every right to go into his job with a lousy attitude, didn't he? Didn't he? He could have gone there with a, a lousy attitude. Bring up that next slide. But he didn't. First of all, he kept a great attitude with him because he saw and identified sin as sin. He didn't call it, well, she's married. I think I'll invent a term they can use in media in the 21st century. We'll have an affair. It sounds so adult. An affair. Really? Is that what you're going to call that? You're going to look at God and call something that he calls adulterous when God was telling Israel how disobedient they were. He called them an adulterous generation. You've given to someone else what only belongs to me. And in your marriage, whether it's just you think it's okay, well, I'm not really going to the act, but looking at these pictures here for five or 10 or 20 minutes or three hours or 15 days, whatever. Don't give your eyes or your heart to anything else that only belongs to either your spouse or to God, period. That's what God says in Romans 2, 4. Or do you show contempt for the riches and kindness, tolerance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance? If you do find yourself slipping, own it. says, God has, let me ask you something. Look at this. You can show contempt for God's kindness he's given to you. His kindness saved us. Why don't we just save us? Have you been faithful every day of every second of your life since you've known Christ? Who has? God's pretty kind, isn't he? His tolerance. Did he tolerate some of your prayers when you say, I'm going to say my prayers for good sleep? Dear Lord, I thank... Well, God knew I was... God understands. Yeah, God understands. He does. And his patience, has God been patient with us? Of course he has. Not really God's kindness leads us, what? Towards repentance, saying, God, I just want to own my stuff. I looked in the wrong place. I even thought about that. God, I was so foolish to think like the woman and like David and like Potiphar's wife. One more thing, I can make you happy. And let me tell you, Potiphar could probably have whoever he wanted. He was rich. He worked in the court of the, of the Pharaoh. And she was probably very attractive. Thank you whistle over there. To rationalize, get this, to rationalize God's liberality of grace to liberty to commit sin is the logic of the flesh and the devil. Because God's been faithful and kind and gracious and tolerant. Never rationalize his liberality of grace to find that liberty to go ahead and just look. It's a, it's a victimless crime. By the way, if you're looking at someone else, it's not a victimless crime. It's putting another hit on another site or in another place. It's no good. And if you entertain it in your mind, it's the same thing. You're dishonoring what God has said to keep sacred. With me in charge, Joseph says, note the sense of honor and loyalty. Confidence had been placed in him as well as trust. 
Now, since I already stepped on a bunch of toes, let me step on some more, okay? Let, let the Word of God do it. Bring up the next one, next slide. I want you to see this. My master is not concerned himself with anything in the house. Why? Because he went there with a good attitude. Let me say this, Christian friend. Take a good attitude to your workplace. God wants you to be the best employee you can possibly be. And if you're an employer, be the best employer you can be. Joseph was so good that his boss didn't concern with anything the Word of God said except what he ate. Man, what a life that was. That was pretty good, right? Except one thing. It's sad. Potiphar had a whole lot, didn't he? He was wealthy. Had, he's, but his wife wasn't satisfied, was she? And she's a pagan. I get it. She's, they're in a pagan culture. And you're living in a pagan culture. And the pagan culture tells you, you have this, you'll be okay. You'll be like everybody else. You'll blend it. In fact, you'll, give yourself a testimony. You'll have a testimony from it. I'll tell you, you'll have a curse from it. That's what you'll have. Everything he owns, he's entrusted to my care. Joseph did a great job. So let me just step on a little tangent right here. If you have your smart device in your hand in the workplace, there are times when there's an emergency, you need to look at it. I get it. Something's coming up. I don't know what's going to happen. I may give you a call. Let your spouse, whichever one's in the workplace, let them know that. Sometimes something pops up. You can call. But I want to say this to you, having spoken to HR people that serve here and in other places. Enough people are getting terminated now because of spending so much time on it, even in the wrong places. But even if you're not caught, someone is paying you to be there at work. So spouses, whichever one, don't scold the person at the workplace and say, you didn't answer my text or my call. Say, oh, I didn't know you were going to pay me to do that. Let me tell my boss I'm off the clock now, so you're paying me. Don't steal from your employer. Does anyone say amen to that? Okay. Even though it happens so much, we almost take it for granted. We're allowed so much time to do it. It's only 10 minutes here, 10 minutes an hour. What's that? I know lots of people do worse than that. They didn't kill anybody. I'm just saying. Joseph goes there, and he could have sloughed off. He went there with a great attitude. Just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean that you do it, and you're going to have to do more and more to walk into the footstep of people that live like Joseph and walked and marched to the beat of a different drum. doesn't matter if everyone else is doing it. You've been entrusted since someone is paying a check to you no matter. Yeah, I don't make enough, though. You went on there to work. You're going to tell God, I didn't get enough. That's why I stole from him. You know how lame and stupid that sounds? I don't get enough. Next slide. Thank you. So it says in verse 9, remember, this is a few verses today. No one is greater in the house than I am. That's some tremendous power and trust. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. I wonder what Potiphar knew about his wife. Hmm? I wonder. We'll, I'm going to put some meat on those bones in another message. But... My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. And we don't do that. I'm from a different place and a different time. We don't do that. How then could I do such a wicked thing? Not how could I have such a romantic affair? 
You see what is called in the Word of God? You see what Joseph already recognized it? If you don't recognize it now as a wicked thing, you'll have that temptation not to cast your eyes away. It's not that bad. It's art. It's whatever. It's, it's the adults are doing it. It's wrong. How could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Every sin, first and foremost, is against God first. Joseph had his priority right. You may wonder, say, man, I'd sure like to be Joseph. He becomes one of the most powerful people in the whole world. How did he get there? He didn't come there the regular route of living by the world. He was living by God's standards, and God blessed him. That's what God did in his life. He elaborated on all the things he'd been given. Elaborate on that anytime you want. See what God has given you, starting with eternal salvation, die in your place. And when tempted to covet to entertain what he did not have, don't dwell on what you don't have. I like, well, I just got this car. I'm not, I, like, I like that one better. I like him better. I like her better. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. I wish I was there. Something what we don't have. There's a tendency, particularly in 21st century life, to dwell on what we don't have. Why do you think it's crazy to me? I was at one of the coffee and food stores a little while back, and they were packing up all this stuff. I said, where's that going? They were going to a line at a certain company that sells artificial intelligence devices. So yes, our fourth trip out there, we started bringing things out there at four o'clock in the morning because people are lining up for the new and latest new thing. Four o'clock in the morning, and you could talk to the same people. Would you go to church? No, I hate to get up early. (laughs) Can't do that. Can't be can't give my time. I'll stand in line for five hours or six hours or a day. It's amazing, isn't it? You see, we have this idea. God had already given them enough, and you're never going to have everything on the earth anyway. There's always going to be another thing that you don't have. It's amazing. You're not going to believe this. It's crazy. We had these crazy devices where you stuck your finger in it, and you went, and we all survive. And moms and dads, we went to school without that. We didn't take a long, uh, two-mile-long extension cord. We made it. Now, hear me saying this. I know there's, trust me, there's safe, safety issues, other issues involved in that. But have we not gone too far with some of this stuff? Are they not God? We will wait for thou to come out with the newest See, this one does whatever. I don't even know what new thing they can do on there. What's it going to do? Shine your shoes or something? I don't know what it's going to do. Clean your car? I don't know what. How could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? You see, that's where the, the rubber hits the road there. If you don't think that it's that, if you buy in your own mind, you have to have the world telling you, you can buy in your own mind, it's okay. Everybody happens all the time. You can fix it. It's all right. Just do it. Hey, don't deny yourself. You need one more thing. That's all. Just one. Next slide. Proverbs 9.10 says, For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Stop, pastor. Don't talk about fear and God. We want to be seeker sensitive. Want to talk about fear? tell you something? Fear can be a very powerfully good thing. 
The wrong kind of fear is not good. Inordinate fear is not good. There's different kinds of fears that are not good. But this says the fear of the Lord. Why? I want you to look here and see. Because fear and reverence of God is foundational to true wisdom. Because a life built upon anything else is ultimately worthless. Until you learn to respect God and have a healthy fear and reverence for who He is. Remember, there are things so large that we can't even understand them. They were talking last week, and I was reading about it. It's fascinating. These sounds. I I was talking to my Wednesday night Bible study. These sounds that come every 16 days. They last for two days. They say they're coming from something out there from 500 million light years away. Thank you. Cool. I listened. It sounded like 486 million light years to me. I, I, 500 million light years away, which is in space that's really not that far. But when you put some numbers to it, and I did, I can't even, I'd be stupid to tell you the number. Because a light year, well, light travels 186,236.68 miles per second, seven and three-quarter times around the earth every second for 500 million years. That's pretty far. That's way farther than Joseph went to Egypt, didn't he? I thought, God, wow. God, you know what? I need to respect you and revere you. I need, since you know all about me, I need to respect and listen to what you say in my life. I'm not going to march to the beat of the other drum. I'm not going to believe the lie. Don't deny yourself. Just do it. God's, hey, God's got grace. He forgives. We move on. Da, 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 da. Sometimes there's people that have lied to God that God's taken home. There's people that have had issues in life. And when you start to sow the seeds that start to come up in your life of hurt, pain, suffering, and you wonder why they're there, it's because I planted them or you planted them in your life. Don't plant any. Make good decisions now. You don't need just one more thing. What you need is God. And you need a a healthy fear and reverence for Him so that you see that when I do this, or if I go in that way, I'm sinning against God. What would happen to Joseph? I'll tell you, you know the story. You may look like you're going in the opposite direction of the direction towards failure. If anybody looked like that, it was Joseph. But he kept a great attitude through the whole thing. Didn't rob his boss. Didn't use excuses and blame it on God. He just went forward. And God blessed him. And he blessed him because thousands of years later, his truth in his life and God's word rings true today. They're telling his story, aren't they? Here's what God meant to someone. Your story's the next one to be written. And your mind and heart may say, well, I, I still want to go in that way. God forbid. Today, as pastors come forward, it's important to remember that some things we don't, we don't want, we miss the significance of it. If all you remember about Nancy Kerrigan and, and that whole incident that took place is that she got her knees hit, that's, that's not the big part of the story. How she got there was through denial. 
and how in God's kingdom you will get to where you need to go is through denial. Not through tragedy that you bring on yourself, but through denying yourself, picking up a cross and follow him. There's not an easy way or a politically correct way to say it. That's what Jesus said. But if you do it, if you listen to him, he will bless your life. He will bless your marriage. He will bless your employment. Now, everyone else is going and getting promoted in front of me. Not happened yet. Thank you. You said yet, didn't you? But I would ask you, are you bringing that good attitude there? Are you zigging when everyone else is zagging? There's important life lessons we get from Joseph. If we'll take them to heart and listen and say, God, it's not for my, anyone else. It's for me. I need this. I need to let you be Lord over my life. A substance will not be Lord over my life. I'm not going to let fear drive me to put wrong stuff in my body. I'm going to trust in you. Period. That's what I'm going to do. If you'd like to pray with someone in just a moment, you don't even have to wait for me to say it. You can come up and pray with someone. We'd love to hear you. If you don't want to share it, just come up and say it's unspoken. Just pray with me. I'm broken. Or pray with me, I'm rejoicing. I had a great situation. Just do it. Today, if you don't have a church home, you can come as a candidate for membership. And dear friend, I can tell you, one of the lies that's prevalent in our world is, you don't need a church to worship God. You can deny it. You can say it's not, but you know what? God says, don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves. You do need one. And you need to belong to one and be a faithful member of one and come and suit up and show up and give of your time and your material resources to a local church. If not this one, another one that teaches God's word and teaches the Bible. Period. It's that simple. Period. So where are you today? We'd love to have you come as part of this church family here because we're not perfect. We don't get everything done right, and there's always more we can do. But I can tell you this, we're always looking to see what God wants to do and seeking to cooperate with him to do that. We invite you to come, and you'll be loved and part of a family and a support group. If Christ is not your Lord and Savior yet, today he can be. He wants to give you an abundant life, but first you have to come to him on his terms. You can't get to heaven, friend, by earning your own way to heaven because heaven's a perfect place. And I'm not perfect, and you're not either. But Christ said, because of that, I'm going to die to give you perfection. So he, the perfect sacrifice, God who took on flesh, bled and died on the cross, rose from the tomb three days after that, conquered sin and death, and offers eternal life as a gift. As I said moments ago, eternal life is about receiving the gift, and Christian service is about serving out of gratefulness, not to earn something, but because you've been given something. What a difference. I'm going to ask you to stand. Today is a day of worshiping the God of the universe, denying even a feeling not to...